Got a bottle of Jim and Nick's barbecue sauce on my desk. Is that anything? Is that anything? I don't know, man. Don't fucking talk to me about Jim and you. I'm a keto boy. You can't do this to oh. me. Oh yeah, because you just can't. You can't even get with that barbecue sauce. Let me put it this way: the barbecue I can have is gonna be dry as all of the devil's taint itself. <laughs> You know, I feel like the devil would be offended for saying that uh, he had a dry taint. Don't fucking talk to me about the ding-dang devil, because I know what the devil's taint is like. Listen, I'm sorry, boys. I know that you're about to do a podcast here, but I just wanted to clear something. It's me, the devil, by the way. Um, (laughs) Oh, hi, devil. Whoa, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time, it's time, it's time for a load. And I'm talking about a load, a load of BS. That's right, the show that brings you Hollywood dreams to life, featuring the two best damn men of all time. And I'm talking about he, the B, which does not stand for balding, it stands for B, B L A K E. Fucking B. And yes, Mr. Sauceless in Seattle himself, the S, Scotty Moore. You know, I didn't realize that, like, the opening to the show is that we're the two best damn men on the planet. And I just realized tonight, man, that's still a pretty low bar, though, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really low uh, compared to the majority of them. Now... I've brought a pitch this week, and it's, you know what, we've had very light pitches in the past that we've managed to turn into Hollywood magic. So, Blake, I'm gonna say a word, and you just tell me what ideas come to the table for you as I say the word, magician. (laughs) I wanna make a ding-dang magician movie, baby. Okay. I okay. well, okay. I've got. I've I mean, got, we could do it. We could do it. You know what? If if my half-assed pitches can be made into art, then we could just <laughs> go off of magician. I mean, we could go down the kiss, kiss, bang, bang angle, which is a story about a magician, but doesn't have a lot of magical elements. We could do a now you see me, where of course they use their magical abilities to rob Vegas hotels or what the fuck ever. I have. I thought that was the prestige. No, that's the other one. If we want to do a magic story where a boy becomes a bunch of boys, because I think he he has a boy farm that he grows boys in. Now, hold on. Alternately, boy farm. Boy farm? <laughs> Could it um, become pigeon farm? It's about a, a guy who gets a bunch of pigeons and farms them. Yes, and then he becomes a magician because he has too many pigeons. So the it's called too many pigeons is what we brought. Why are there so many pigeons? <laughs> it's, they're not, oh, fuck, we can't quote Family Guy. No. We cannot Can, do that. Has anyone ever done murder magician? Can we do murder magician? Like a magician who full on murders people? Yeah. That could be so, that could be some goof content right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I think you and I are both going to oh, he saws the lady in half and actually saws the lady in half and then grows a new lady in his lady farm that he puts in the box and pulls back out. Um, so what's I don't it, think it's- what's in the box, Mister Mysterio? What's in the box? Okay, so you've said something there that inspires me. What if this magician? is, uh, let's say, a villain to a superhero, let's call him Spider-Man, and uh-huh. his name is Quentin Beck. Uh, you know, this sounds familiar. Are you sure this hasn't already been done? Or we could go the angle of, like, a young magician upstart who's learning under, like, the old jaded Vegas magician who doesn't let him in on his antics. I'm now realizing, as fun as it is to be a... I think this episode is a great representation of what it means to be a magician, which is, it's real fun to be a magician, it's not that fun to be around a magician. (laughs) Now the sausage gets made and all that. Um, Now, hold on. Can we just make 
a really like shitty reboot of the Sorcerer's Apprentice and call it the Magician's Buddy. <laughs> the Magician's Guy. But the Magician is still Nicolas Cage. Well, okay, so do we... When I say magician, you could obviously be a uh, an illusionist, or you could be a stone cold fucking wizard. So which which one are we like landing on here? Is this magician an illusionist or is it a wizard? Can it be like a starting off like this guy that's just an illusionist, and then he finds out that the the fucking magician Illuminati is actually wizards? See, I was about to be like, what if it's a magician who has actual powers, but only uses them a little bit? And then I remembered, that's the fucking arc of Aubrey in the Adventure Zone Amnesty. So we can't do that one. Yep, yep, that is true. Um, Boy, magician is a tough nut to crack to make entertaining, huh? Ah, but Scotty, you see, look in your hand, the nut's already cracked. The nut has been cracked. Don't look at my mouth because it might be bleeding. Because I might have cracked the nut with my teeth, and then Lotland then just like silently slipped it into your hand. But you'll does, never know. Does okay. You know what? And I know I already do a show that is fan fiction uh-huh. now. Actually, debuting the day of this. Go subscribe to Fun Fiction, Scotty. If you don't realize, like. You do you remember where the first five episodes of this was just ended with us reading fan fiction? Yeah, exactly. But um, is there a Batman villain who is a magic man? I because he he's got Riddlers, he's got clowns. Does Batman have a magician? I am oh, almost Zatanna. Oh yeah. Zatanna is a homo magi that wears the traditional costume of a female magician's assistant. So, what the I'm reading her description. It says she's a direct descendant of the artist and magician Leonardo da Vinci, related to Nostradamus, the noted alchemist Nicholas Flamel, and Evan Fulnicelli, and also the Lord of Atlantis! So... Fuck it. Um, I don't think this is her. I think Batman needs a... Because I want to build a mystery, and I hate that I'm going to agree with you. I want the mystery to be around a magician killer, which is getting dangerously close to a series of novels I like by Andrew Mayne, where it is a, a, a magician killer. No. You you mean a serial killer who is a magician, not somebody who kills magician. Wait. <laughs> they are one in the same, my friend. That's the prestige. <laughs> He's a magician that kills magicians. <laughs> I take that powers, except the magicians that I kill aren't real, like, magical people. I just... He just takes their books and learns from them? Oh, yep. So, does that mean that our villain is the magician killer, or is it like a Dexter kind of thing? Or is it no, no, he's no. an anti-hero? The, the villain would be the magician killer, because like, the fun thing would be seeing Batman figure out how the magician did his thing. We're just doing Batman now. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Our main hero, Thomas Batman, is <laughs> not Batman. His name is Thomas Batman. The greatest, um, yes, the greatest detective of all time. The coolest solved man of all existence. Yes. There you go. <laughs> and, uh... Is, okay, before we go down this Batman angle, is there something to... Is there some... Is there any space to play with in the David Blaine space? A magician who, let's be honest, does not do fucking magic anymore and just kind of does fucked up shit? What if David Blaine was our Batman? Fuck. Fuck. David Blaine versus the real greatest... David Blaine versus... uh, I'm gonna say spoil the Act 3 reveal right here. Chris Angel is... uh, (laughs) (laughs) How's he... (laughs) How's he been doing? How's he been killing him? He, uh... He freaks their mind. 
He freaks their mind, Your Honor. Uh, well, that doesn't sound too bad. No, Your Honor, he literally makes their heads explode. We have pictures. They, their mind has been so fucking freaked, you don't know. Bring, bring out the defendant. It's like, no, Your Honor, you can't. He'll freak your mind. Your Honor, no. Oh, my mind has been freaked. What if it's a Batman versus Superman type thing where they're both good and they're they're made to fight each other by like David Copperfield who wants to be the ultimate magician but he keeps getting overshadowed by these young talents is hold on real quick is David Copperfield Act yeah? 3 reveal it was Harry Houdini that was making them fight no, because he is, in fact, dead. Now, I don't... Now, what if he wasn't, though? Wikipedia, you know I don't want the eighth novel by Charles Dickens. What the fuck? The full title of that novel is The Personal History Adventures Experience and Observation of David Copperfield, the Younger of Blunderstone Rookery, which he never meant to publish on any account. Hey, Dickens? Maybe shorten the fucking novel, my dude? Maybe. Did... Do you remember the masked magician? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's in it as well. He could be the, uh, he could, if we're going off of the shitty movie, he is the, uh, abomination of the affair. He's the, uh, no, not abomination. What's the name of him? Doomsday. He's the doomsday of the affair. So he kills Superman. Hey, uh, big, big fun fact, by the way. Did you know David Copperfield owns 11 islands? What the, f how rich is this man? Uh, well, that's the reason why I'm making him our, uh, our, uh, uh, Lex Luthor. He manages his chain of 11 islands in the Bahamas, which he calls Musha Kay and the islands of Copperfield Bay. These fucking rich bastards. Okay, Blake, we've done some investigation that I have, uh, cut out of the episode because it is not appropriate to our show. That fucking sucks. Through it, we have learned... <laughs> that David Copperfield, probably not someone we need to tie our comedic hitch to. David Blaine, <laughs> not someone we should tie our hitch to. And Chris Angel is an asshole, so not third person. So we gotta start from the beginning. What magicians aren't bad people? Pen and fucking teller, I guess? Actually, hold on. Let's make sure. <laughs> No, I think they're cool. Um, Teller definitely is. Yeah. Teller's definitely cool. Pen Gillette. Yeah, Pen Gillette looks like he's pretty cool. Pen, Pen and Teller would be good. Listen, I'm going back to this well, though. Val Valentino, the masked magician. So you're proposing we build how... Pen and Teller break up and then reunite. It's Pen versus Teller. Yeah, PVT. PVT, a uh, dawn of uh, dawn of illusions. Dawn of illusions. That's it. Okay. Mm. So, or do we do the ultimate P and PVT VR verse? Hold on for VSVR. <laughs> what fuck? Yeah, I need these acronyms explained. A uh, pen v teller versus Sigmund versus Roy. <laughs> Fatal four way match. Yeah, yeah. No, wait. That's that's how it starts. Is a, I guess in this world, magicians are superheroes because it's a battle in the street of Sigmund and Roy. Siegfried, not Siegfried Sigmund. And Roy. Also, um, hold on. One of them is dead. Now, is it the one what done got ate by a tiger? Yes. Oh no. Yeah, it's Roy, and that's a, like that's a recent death. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. A... No, it was very recent. Okay. Fuck. What if Sigmund is the one breaking up Penn and Teller because he's like, I don't have a partner anymore. Now no one can have a magic partner. So, um, and it ends with them fighting his tigers. That's actually really sad. I'm just reading their Wikipedia page right now. Damn it! Uh, 
There's not a magician who ain't been through some shit. Like, <laughs> fucking, I know I'm saying this as a podcaster, a job that makes you go, I want people to know me but not know what I look like. Like, magicians are fucked up people, and I know a magician. Do, are, don't, don't you do magician things, too? I am a magician, but, like, not on the level of, like, Brian. Like, I'm not that kind of a magician. That's fair. Fuck, man. We we fell down a rough rabbit hole this week. This is the saddest fucking stories. Everyone. Like, I think Teller's the only... Because, like, Penn is okay. But Penn has some sh- sad shit. I do love that, uh, you know, Gillette has a, a red fingernail, and uh, it's it's actually because it's his mom's nail polish, and that's why he does it, but on the FAQ on their website, he goes, <laughs> my red fingernail means I once shot a man for asking too much personal questions. What the fuck? Uh, and then he goes, it provides excellent misdirection. Uh, yeah, but Penn's fine. What's, I don't think Teller's been through shit. I think Teller's just had an, I'm afraid to say this, actually. I'm real afraid to say this, because then I'm going to scroll down in Teller's life, and it's like, Teller murdered a man when he was five years old with a big old knife. Oh, I just got to the end. And uh, Roy Horn actually died due to COVID-19. Oh, yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that. It happened. Okay, in- okay, we need to move on. Is this just like a magician <laughs> depression? This is now becoming like a fucking, a, a true crime show, but about magicians. Dude, I th- guess that's the direction we're going in, huh? So are we going to make a dramatic retelling of when- Hold on, wait. I do need to make sure some of something really quick. Which one got attacked by the tiger? Uh, let's was, see. Was it Roy or Siegfried? Because if it was- It was- it was, a uh, Roy. Fuck. Okay, then I don't feel good about making an, a, a drama about this tiger. Yep. Unless- I can cut this if it's too blue, but what if Roy came back as a tiger? Oh, kind of like, um... Kind of like hit fucking Michael Keaton film, Jack Frost, where he comes back as a snowman, except in this case, he comes back as a big fuck-off lion that wants to eat Penn and Teller. Why Penn and Teller? I mean, they're the main characters, I know, but... They're the opponents. <laughs> They're their opponents. What if, no, Roy appears upon Siegfried as a lion, and that's like the emotional climax of it, is he comes upon him as a lion and is just like, no, this is not the way. We must be promoting what we worked so hard to create, not trying to destroy it. And Siegfried, of course, is like, no! I must be, we must be the only ones. Please, my friend, my giant lion friend. Uh, He's like, no. (laughs) Also, are they even magicians? Siegfried and Roy? Yeah, all I ever knew is they're like tiger show. No, they do fucking magic. I don't know. (laughs) I've I've never... I've never done their, seen their it's shit. Ten, ten fucking minutes going down this rabbit hole. And you mean to tell me you don't even know if they're fucking magicians. <laughs> no, okay, hold on. Wikipedia does classify them as magicians. German-American magicians and entertainers. Okay. We don't have a movie yet. Magicians have ruined us. This is, this is what happens when we just do one word because we have to we fucking go into everything about magicians. Okay. Okay. So, I think the movie needs to reflect a good magic trick, which is of course setting things. So it needs a twist because like that's the that's the prestige, that's the end. So, let me see. Mm-hmm. So how to make a magic trick? 
All right, hold on. Make your own magic trick. Because I think, like, the steps, like, the prestige is part of it. There's the misdirection. Oh, there is a monologue from the prestige, ironically enough. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're going to follow this, and this is going to be how we make our movie. Every great magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. (laughs) He shows you this object. Perhaps he asks you to inspect it to see if it is indeed real. No, fuck you, Goodreads. I don't want to discover more. Perhaps he asks you, uh, but of course, it probably is not real. The second act is called the turn. The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now you're looking for the secret. But you won't find it, because of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled, but you wouldn't clap yet, because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. That's why every magic act, every magic trick has a third act. The hardest part. The part we call the prestige. The prestige. Okay. So, we must begin with showing our audience something that is normal, and then making it weird to them and then there's the prestige which he didn't really define what the prestige like he just says making something disappear isn't enough you have to bring it back like is that just what we do we just return to the normalcy at the end okay now hold on if we wanted to do magician murders i've got it i've got the setup for the the prologue when the first red shirt dies Okay, okay okay so you've got uh fucking Shitty magician Jeff or whatever finishes his uh, act up. He's no, he is not a J. He is not because you said the name. You said the name, and I know for a fact this man is not a magician. He is a puppeteer, and he has good old fucking Scully bones. Mick, uh, racist towards Middle Americans next to him. Okay, silence. I kill you. Okay, so um, yes, it's it's that guy. Uh, fuck it. He I'm a jalapeno on a stick, yeah. and he's walking Hello, back. Senor. Fucking stop! <laughs> I can't. Um, you want to bring the bomb guy out? Um, <laughs> uh, and he finishes his shitty act or whatever. He's walking back after the show's over. A top hat lands on his head. Oversized top hat completely big too big covers his head up entirely and then he's like trying to get it off and all of a sudden he just stops falls to the ground his head the is prestige. gone the prestige, the prestige. And, and like that the hat completely empty police pick it up later and they're like where the fucking hat go and then all of a sudden as they're investigating the scene his fucking head just drops from the ceiling right into the middle of these cops how up the prestige. <laughs> what if? Uh, well, I like this transportation angle with it, where the head ends up somewhere entirely different. And I feel bad because I am going to be stealing a few of the murders from that Andrew Main book, Angel Killer. But what if it's like a murder that happened a long time ago, and then just the head shows up? <laughs> okay, I like that. So, okay. Like- no, 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 I got it. And it, this is actually inspired by something I thought I wasn't going to get much use out of anymore, but fucking Spider-Man. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man has a, a cop friend, uh, Yuri Watanabe, and she kind of gets haunted by her failed cases of her past. That time when she shot a kid. I shot a kid. She does Stone Cold fucking murder a man in one of the DLCs. I'm not even gonna lie. Oh, fuck. Fucking ACAB. Anyways. Um, so, I think it needs to be about a cop who all of her old cases that she never got solved are coming back to haunt her. So, like, I, I guess the, um... The opening scene definitely, I think opening scene needs to be a flashback of this cop lady chasing after a criminal and like the criminal gets away at the last minute and then, uh, I don't know, 
kills a kid. <laughs> no, like uh, the criminal has shot somebody and instead of calling the ambulance, she's so like lethal weapon about it. She's like, no, I've got to catch the perp, chases down the perp and arrests him. But the woman dies and her kid, her kids, there, fucking Mufasa. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's terribly dark. I gotcha. It's terribly fucking dark. And then the kid grows up to be, you guessed it, Batman. <laughs> Magician Batman. Gotcha. Lady Batman. Uh, okay, so then we get our opening credits. It's like fucking directed by Christopher Nolan, because obviously. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know. Where do we go from there? Like, is it going to be just like a random? I think she's got to be close to retirement. Yeah, are we still doing magician? Well, well, because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was a good pitch. That was a good idea, but well, well, <laughs> everything that happens seems magical. It seems transportative. <laughs> okay, hold on. So you're telling me that like this really grisly scene happens, but wait, it's magic. No, 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 no. That's setting up. Let me. Okay, fuck it. I'll spoil the fucking movie. The little girl becomes the magician. She becomes the magician who haunts this fucking cop with all of the sins of her past to pay for the fact that she didn't call a fucking ambulance for her mom and her mom died. So it's kind of like fucking Seven. It's kind of like Batman. <laughs> I Batman doesn't torture police though. Well, not that, not good Batman, like, like bad Batman. I don't know if it's a bad Batman, but... It's, it's, it's A-Cab Man. A- <laughs> so, okay. good, good. A-Cab Man, the magic boy. <laughs> oh, God. How right. far are we into this episode and we just now cracked the surface? Okay, good, we didn't waste that much time talking about fucking Penn and Teller's dark deeds. The f- Magician research will go down as, like, one of my most memorable moments of this year. (laughs) (laughs) Just like this mode of Scotty broke and he just started talking about David Copperfield. Then we realized that was a bad road to go down. Yep. So we just let's tangent off. Siegfried and roll. Oh, no. Wait, Chris Angel. Fuck. Okay, we can't. We can't. How many crimes of the past need to be brought up? Five. Five. Can't do seven. You done. You ruined seven for us. No, I already did. We can't do that one. And it cannot be based off the seven deadly sins. Yes, exactly. No, it's just like her. What if she's got like a sinister six? You could say of criminals or like uh, she's like goes down in history as one of the best cops because she's only had like six fuck ups. Yeah. And like that's the that's the big thing is like she she's always caught a perp except for like five times, and so yeah. Then the sixth one was uh, what led to the magician. The magician, yeah. So the magician doesn't bring that one up first. The magician's like that's gonna be the last one exactly. So what would the magician do? Would they? Like, would the first one be maybe a, a perp that she didn't catch, and the magician just fucking finds him? No, I, I think, like, I, I don't want to show her the perp. I want to show the consequences of what had happened. Uh-huh. So, like, walks up, and there's, like, a drug dealer decapitating people, and she gets a fucking head in the mail or some shit. Like, then there was a body that was disposed of in the Hudson Sound, and the body suddenly washes up 20 years later. Okay. So it could be, uh... I I like the idea that uh, she's being haunted with these things of the past, but yeah. does it actually bring any comeuppance to the the bur- the original bad guys, or does it like kind of just show how scot free they are? I think it's just showing like how scot free they are. Like, look at it's now a full on you cannot ignore what you've done scenario. 
This is a great pitch for our comedy podcast where we make good, good dick jokes. But, you know, fuck it. Sometimes we got to get serious and make a cop deal with what they've done. We'll find a way to work a mech suit in. It's fine. <laughs> I, or, or Nicolas Cage. Can we at least get him in somewhere? Well, like, he'll he's, help. He's the magician. Um, what are our five crimes? Because I think we just need to boil those down and then we've got a pitch. Because it's then her just having to deal with it. Because we know the sixth. The sixth is obviously the murder of Magic Mom. Right. So, like, uh, one could be the the decapitator, like you said. Yeah, what if the Magic Mom was a drug dealer and got murdered by a drug dealer? What if all the crimes are by, like, this one drug dealer? And this one drug dealer was the one she was never able to catch. Oh. Oh. Yeah, now it's a Batman comic. So, okay, here's what it is. The drug dealer caused all these crimes, and they start popping back up right before she retires. And she thinks it's the drug dealer until the last... Okay, I think she he murdered oh. her... Yep. Yeah, but like she red herrings onto this original drug dealer. Like yeah. hardcore. But he uh I think he murdered her mom like in a warehouse. Like a drug deal gone bad. And so I'm sorry I'm skipping ahead of this. End of the movie, she goes there and is like, "Oh, I remember this case. Oh, that poor girl." And then goes inside the drug dealer is strapped to a fucking chair and now she's like wait what's going on rushes towards him as she does basically like there's a rig sniper rifle from the air shoots down pierces his chest the exact same place her mom got shot couple other shots she looks around no one's there it's the prestige the prestige she does it remotely yeah she does it remotely with a gun on a drone and she doesn't do it money plane and uh so at that point she very much freaks out and is like what's going on and then from the shadows much like batman she comes down and is just like do you do you see do you see all the horrors you let this man rot? Do you see all of the loss that he caused because of you? You could have caught... I think there does need to be a Spider-Man element to it of, like, she could have caught him when he was young and let him go. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, just, I, I, she could have been a cop that became hard-boiled but started off very, like, happy-go-lucky, yay, it's me, I'm here to help crime, and being like, get taken by the by the drug dealer and being like uh you know what he's not that bad of a guy he's he, he's just got a bad head on him and then yeah becomes the biggest kingpin in all of new york city right he becomes like a really big and that's what the the crimes all lead back to him and his name's like i don't know wilson fisk <laughs> no no hold on not that kingpin not that one <laughs> not that one uh but he could be, like, running a lot of stuff underground. Like, even things like, um... Uh, I don't want to get into some more of the heinous shit, but you just see it. Let's just say that. Oh, no, he does some dark fucking shit. Like, we're not gonna address that. But, yeah, it's like... Okay, back to the crimes. Decapitation. Rabbit from a hat. Uh, but it's a fucking skull and a head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Reach into the hat and you'll find a rabbit. Reach in, find the head. Or, no, I think it would be a skull at this point. And they're like, check the teeth. And then the teeth come back and it's like, that. it is that guy. It is full on that guy. What the fuck? Yeah. This is... He died over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then there's the one where they pull a body out of the new, the fucking sound, and it is a, uh, it's, it's a body that disappeared 15 years ago, and there's, like, brick around his legs. So now it becomes, like, a real magic trick, because, like, a body can wash up on shore, kind of, but if there are concrete attached to his feet, that's full-on, like, oh, and that could be an informant. 
that's an informant that they sent in to get info on the mob and he got found out and killed. Oh, and fuck, you could do a great flashback scene there. There's always flashback scenes to everything that's happened. And I think as it goes on... Another one could be like a maybe a snitch that was found out that like tried to get pass info to the cops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that could be one. Um, how did they die in a horrific fashion? Because so far I've got decapitation and throwing a guy in a fucking river with concrete shoes, and that's all I got. Yeah, um, he could have skewered him many times. With he could have just like left him full of stab wounds in an alleyway and then they find his body again in one of those magician boxes. Uh, <laughs> the that, magician box. The ding dang magic boxes. Uh, oh, I know how she does it. She works for the morgue. The magician does. Oh, yep. There you go. Yeah. That's and it. so, like, the skull they find is not the skull of the criminal. She just put the teeth up in there. Yeah. And so then yeah, they saved those teeth for so long. And then fucking, like, there's a there's a scene of her, like, pulling all the other the teeth out of that skull, shoving them in. Well, she brought she got a trophy from all of the different like one of them has the blood. The blood of the criminal inside, or the blood of the informant inside the body, and they're like, "There's no way that's them. There's no way that could possibly be them." Then they take a blood sample. I don't think that's how that works. When you, hey Blake, when you run out of blood, well, the thing is, like, does it stay in, or it usually does stay? It, it does stay in as long as like you don't you don't get shot or anything. Um, the problem would be though, like decay. Yeah, because if they did stay in the river for a long time, it'd just all be gone. But like at a not at like a mortuary and not like a morgue, like they would pump the blood out and pump formaldehyde back in. Okay, so there would be blood that she could save to put into a lookalike body. Yes, it'd be possible. She'd have to remove all of the other like identifying features. Yeah, yeah, well, like, no, beat the shit out of him, like... Yeah. Okay, so that's one. Do we, like, do we need, do we need to keep going to five? Because right now I think we just need to build the narrative around these. Yeah, fuck, I, I can't do any more than those three. Like, that one was the stretchiest. We can't find more murders. I'm sure we could, but fuck. I mean, someone could have got eaten by a lion. Yeah, but how do we deal with that? Like, what's the prestige of that affair? There's a lion. Bones show up in a lion den. Yeah, yeah, a lion den in New York City. No, like in a fucking zoo, zoo. maniac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, you know, in New York City, you gotta, you gotta go past 17th pretty quickly, or you'll run into a couple lions dens on the way. You gotta watch out for the Manhattan Pride. You gotta watch out for the fucking Pride coming through. Oh, it's Pride Month. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I, I love, I, I support LGBT. No, no, no. No, no, no. Different thing in New York. Different thing in New York. <laughs> fucking lions everywhere. Jesus Christ. Worst decision they ever made. Totally saved the lion population. Made our lives a living fucking hell. You know what? <laughs> I'm about to save the fucking lions. Made my life a goddamn hell is what they did. <laughs> Motherfuckers. I want a movie about this guy now. I want to make a movie about this guy who's just pissed off about New York City being filled to the brim with lions. Uh, this goddamn bullshit. Listen, I, I just, 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 all these fucking liberals in the city now never would have happened when Giuliani was mayor. Fucking liberals letting lions run loose. <laughs> Look, if fucking Biden gets elected, they're gonna put the tigers in next. You know what's coming. Oh god, they're gonna release the tigers down in Auburn. It's not gonna be good. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. That's what so, happens if Tuberville becomes our senator. Tommy Tuberville becomes senator and lions are everywhere. Okay. So film opens. We get the flashback. Here's the thing. The other two murders, we get the flashback in media res. This is the only one that's separated from the crime itself. But it shows her chasing after the criminal, chasing after, and, like, the mom dying. Um, 
And I think later there would be a scene where it shows it from the magician girl's point of view. As she's as her mom is just sitting there staring, fumbling with her cell phone, like, please call 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 nine one one, call nine and the phone dies. And like she like the monologue is her full on being like, I was left powerless. You were supposed to bring the power to us. You are supposed to empower us, but instead your bloodthirst led you down and left my mother to die. Yes. So we have that, and, like, that's later, but the original flashback ends, and then we see that same cop, you know, 20 years later. She's in her office, and she's closing the books on some old cases. Her shit's boxed up, and she's getting ready. Like, you could tell she's getting ready to retire. No, no, what if it's a, uh... Only what three if weeks from retirement. What if it is, because I think this is a thing with cops. I don't know personally, because I don't know many cops, but I wonder... If it, if there's something to be said about a cop who's like eight days from retirement and the thought of the cases that you didn't solve start coming back to you, like the, the thought of the shit you didn't get. So, like, I almost like this idea of the, the you see the uh, the bad guy, whoever it is, gets away and she runs back to check on the woman and the woman's already dead, getting mufasa and you get a close up on her face and then. A, a, a fucking fade to her with the exact same facial expression yeah multiple years later as people are just like singing a celebration song and it's like happy retirement and there's a cake in front of her and she is just full on like fuck <laughs> i hate the cake fuck i hate this this fucking lions <laughs> running through the streets oh man so that happens and that's the moment where she's like goes back to her office and the, like there's the fun conversations that basically the exposition points which is yes hey you only got two weeks left on the force take it take a night off it's fine and she's like no, no no i'm okay goes back to her office and starts flipping through cases and then finally of course the uh general what's the name for the chief, chief police yeah police general <laughs> comes police in general. and is comes in and is just straight up like hey uh you know that case has been closed for twenty years. There's no way hey, anything. Hold on, hold on. You're uh, you're not doing it. You need to, you need to lower it down. Hey. No, no, no. I tried to do it subtly so you wouldn't notice, and that no. this exact situation <laughs> wouldn't happen. Yeah, too fucking late. Hey, listen, Smitherson. What? Spinnerson? Smitherson. Oh, I was like, our main character is named Ella Spinnerson. <laughs> Ella, listen. You gotta stop thinking about these cold cases. You're only two weeks from retirement. Come on now. Let's go back to your party. You can't yeah. dwell on the past. Uh, and then there's, of course, the flashback of that first, the first time. And I think it is, this is where we get the flashback to her, like, looking up and being like, but it, this, all of this, it holds up like a thick stack of paper. All of this was my fault. You know why. I know why flashback to her releasing basically saying like i think this man poses no threat can can i just throw in like my early casting call for our officer yeah because i want it to be halle berry that's very good that with me and i guess it is because we're in such a superhero mindset but i am thinking the fucking lady from suicide squad oh, what's um, her what's her name Suicide Squad cop lady. Jesus. Uh, uh, Ike Barinholtz. That's not right. Uh, Viola Davis. Fuck yes, Viola Davis. Viola is good. Davis would be good. Yeah. I didn't realize that was Viola Davis. Fuck. I didn't they got Viola, Viola Davis. Davis for Suicide Squad? I didn't realize Viola Davis was 51. I'm sorry, you're, um, you're underestimating the fact that famed actor Viola Davis, they got in Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. No, no, that is fair. Also, she's 55 now. I was looking at an older. That's like being like, yeah, Denzel Washington is in fucking Suicide Squad. Like, no. Okay, so. Yeah, it's like fucking, uh, 
Will Smith is in Suicide Squad. No, that's your that tracks. Don't you dare tell me that doesn't track. You're fucking right. <laughs> oh, with the tear that he was on at that point, yeah. Okay, so Will Smith. Wait, fuck Viola Davis. Wait, no, fuck Ella Spinnerson. Uh, gets the flashback and then like goes home and she's just kind of sitting there. Uh relationship no relationship empty home children there um it might be we might leave it ambiguous let's say that right now she's alone she's alone okay so like from whatever uh we could either flesh it out or not but just like no close close relationships outside the force at some point she gave it all to the force um, I, I think if we really want to make this a magician movie, we gotta start with the most impossible thing, which means she wakes up the next day to a myriad of phone calls and being like, what the fuck's going on? They're like, you need to get down to the lake right now. Oh, wait, hold on. Hey, you need to get down to the lake right now. Why? What's get going on? Get down to the lake. Get to the lake. <laughs> what? What's going on? Oh, it turns out that cold case may be uh, not as cold as you thought. And that her eyes just open. cold case is really uh, warming up. Hot bucket. <laughs> what? what? Jim Gaffigan is the police chief. Uh, and so then immediately, like the minute she hears that, she hangs up. There's not a bye. It's a the fuck what? And that's when they appear in front of the sound and they discover the body. And they're like, this is impossible. All of this is impossible. Yeah. It's like, th- there's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, they they began examining the concrete, and they're like, no, these are real concrete shoes. And they start looking over the body, and they're like, I, I think, like... Yeah, boss, judging by the, uh, by the... W- I'm the crime scene analyst guy. Hey, uh... Yeah, boss, judging by the uh, wear on this concrete, it's been down at the bottom of the bay for 20 years. Oh, yeah, Never obviously. Never seen nothing like it. No drag marks or anything. Yeah, and the faces are, faces kind of deteriorated, which our magician reveals later was done with fucking acid. Uh, but does that, the teeth are gone, somehow, would, t- I don't think teeth would go, would they? Not she gonna have to replace those teeth with the real killer's teeth. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't really matter. So she she saved the teeth and like if it was fresh water, a few years or you know some time underwater wouldn't be too bad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, obviously, oh shit! What about this? Uh, two the two wrists are slit, and everyone else is just like, oh, this must be like just what it was. And the minute she shows up, she goes. No, that's not him. What are you talking about? Look at this, and then shows the slit wrist. He did that wasn't his MO. He wouldn't have done it this way. Someone wanted no blood in this body. And so that's finally like the moment of oh fuck, someone's here. Someone's trying to torture her, is what it is. Yeah. <clears throat> someone's it it was a message to her. And like she's the only one that gets it, and everyone else is like you're looking too far into this. You're uh-huh. only two weeks away from retirement. You need to, you need to cool off this case. You invited me down here. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't know. It's nothing. Um, and so then I, I think he's got to be the uh, the cop that gets in your way, and it's it's me in this movie. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then examines the body head to toe, and all they find is like. I don't know, a deck of cards, maybe? No, because they would be wet. I'm trying to find a way to get the info, like, get the com- get it to say, I could have been saved. That's the message that is going to be left at all of these crime scenes, is I, I you could have saved me. Um, maybe like a, uh, God, that's gonna be hard. Because, like, a playing card would do it, but, like, if it doesn't fit, it has to fit the drug dealer's M.O. Mm-hmm. So, something that he would do, um, oh, maybe... It just says, miss me. <laughs> it says, miss me. 
Oh, that's good. And it just like miss me his initials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. Well, yeah, yeah. We can like do his, that. He 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 might have like a crime name. Well, here's the thing. Does do we want the magician to be purposefully impersonating this drug dealer, or do we want it to just be mental torture? Because I think it just wants to be mental torture. I, I think so, but also like the torture comes in the fact that she's realizing it's another one of his victims. And so, like, we don't know that it's not him until we get along in the story. So this first one, have no idea. I, no, I, yeah, I think this one just needs to be, like, her realizing he's back. Oh, no, he's back. He's back. He's back. Um, And I don't even think she realizes the slit wrist thing there. I think it needs to be that night reading through everything. Then one of the reports is, like, uh, talks about it and just says, like, well, I don't think body would have been found, but like maybe no traces of blood or anything in the sound. So that way it would be her immediately going like, if there wasn't blood, there's no reason his wrist would have been slit. That's a different person. Maybe they find like, she goes through reports of older like bodies that he left behind with his MO. And yeah. And like, tries to compare them and sees like these small discrepancies. Uh, well, I, I think she just comes up with a theory that no, that wasn't the real body goes down. And that's when they're like, no, the teeth match exactly. I beg your fucking pardon. What? Yeah, the teeth match exactly. Teeth are a match, and like th- this doesn't uh, later in the film. Like when she's almost being driven crazy by it, she goes down and just grabs a rent or some pliers and rips one of the teeth out, and then that's when you see the Fuck. glue. Oh, glue! Jesus, boy! Like, a piece of the skull just like pops off. This may, this has almost a record for the darkest we've ever gone in an episode. I need you to know that, because you just ripped out a tooth. Yep. The I, I got a track record for doing this, because I think the last time was Wife Fight. Yeah, um, no, with Wife the cannibalism. Fight was, it was still fun. No, cannibalism was full on my idea, but, um... <laughs> So oh, no, no, mine was uh, feeding the <laughs> the meat of the dead wives to the living. Fuck. Okay. So <laughs> that's fuck. This is we've made an HBO show. We've made an HBO show here, murder, murder magician. And okay, so then it obviously goes to the next crime, which is reminding her of like a decapitated informant. And like maybe in that case, the head was sent back to the uh, to the precinct. Yeah, as like a message of like, don't fuck with me. The head, the head is uh, is there, but they never found a body. Body finally shows up. No head. Blood matches exactly, <laughs> which is where we pull in the syringe angle. Um. And then some shit with like a top hat. Like I don't know, man. You know, top top hat with a head in it. Whatever. No, shows up dressed as a magician. His head is in the hat. His head's in the hat, and he's like posed. He's stood up, posed. Oh yeah, the, and the the hands holding onto the hat. And either something happens. I, I like the idea that they don't check the hat at first, and like someone hits the body and it accidentally knocks the hat out and the head just rolls on through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now it's a kid of, like, how did they get in there? How did they get this head? Because we've had this head for a very long time and a bunch of shit. So, like, that's what they find at the precinct. And at that point, uh, I think it, the inside of the hat, which no one thinks to check, it says, I could have been saved. Or no, you could have saved me. Because I think the that crime, what we learn about her, that's when she got more hard-boiled. That is when she, like, the first one, the guy who got drowned in the, uh, in the sound was like, that was his first victim after she released him. It was actually, uh, it was a mob boss that he killed to take over and become a kingpin. The second one is when she got more hard-boiled, started sending in informants, and um started getting too much in the mob's business and so that's when the message i you could have saved me to her means if you had stayed out of my business in actuality we just know we know it means all of these people could have been saved had you done your job 
Right. So, uh, um, that's kind of, that's... This is a fucking horror, this is a horror movie at this point. You realize that, right? Oh, it is full-on cerebral horror at this point. Like, it is, there's some thriller in here, but it is almost like just, if there was a bit, if there were any more top hats, it'd be the Babadook. <laughs> It would be the Duck. Okay, so uh, after that, I think this is where... I think at this point she gets kicked off the force. Yeah. Like, force, force... No, 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 the retirement comes. The retirement comes and she's forced to leave and they're like... They take her uh, files from her, so now she has nothing. Yeah, so like she tries to like stop her retirement and then the, uh, you know, the higher-ups, like the chief is like, no. Sorry, we're gonna have to ask for that we can't we can't undo that process what it's basically now? it's you're too you're too emotionally invested in this you are too close to this so you just leave this up to us and we'll take care of it so now she goes home and starts looking shit up on her own like now she's actually thinking about shit and and thinking about i almost like this idea that she breaks in and steals her files back and starts yeah it could be under the guise of like left something there so whatever and she gets in like by talking her way through um and then oh, i was i files. was doing full heist but okay oh. well i think that they i think that they might let her back in if she gets somebody that like doesn't know what's going on oh or maybe okay. like maybe an old friend lets her back into the force we're not bringing him in. We can't bring old bad lieutenant Nick Cage in. But he's a bad lieutenant. <laughs> he is he a bad. He could even be a lieutenant that she knew. <laughs> okay, so I think no, no, no. What it is is when she when she leaves, she sneaks out one file, and this one file is all that she has. Okay, and it's the case of what we saw at the beginning. It is the case of where that woman died and he let her get away. And I think it honestly looks very open and shut at first. And so she's like, fuck it, whatever. Um, And then as she flips through, she sees a picture of the body and it's got another sticky note and it says, you could have saved me. And that's when she just wide eyed stares at it. Or what if that's what happens with all of the case files? What if she... What all the case file, all the case files end up having you could have saved me after yeah, written into them. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they they were not like there before, and we say like you know we show that these files haven't been opened in years. How did that get there? Yeah, exactly. And so the moment she sees that, that's the moment she realizes like, oh no, and that's where we get into our ending, where um, she tries to call the cops, and they're like, I think at that point her release. Like, they gave her a retirement to give her respect, but they also were like, you're now becoming a danger to us. So, like, something bad must have happened in that last case, tracking someone down that didn't pay off. Um, that's when they had to release her. And so she's calling the, she's literally calling, like, the uh, the chief, and he's not responding. So she stumbles in, and she finds the drug dealer staring at him. And he he looks genuinely terrified. Shot five times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the exact same pattern as the mother, and now she's freaking out. And now she doesn't know what's going on, and this is where we lead into our ending, which I don't know what it is. And and now it's the prestige. And now it's the <laughs> prestige! <laughs> now we have the prestige. So, I guess... Dude, I think we've left... I think we've made a cliffhanger. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because, like, I was just thinking, well, how's she going to track her down? I'm like, that's just a whole fucking movie. That's just a whole season. Mm-hmm. That's a whole second season, dude. Oh, what if it's a very Sherlockian ending where we get a glimpse of her and she monologues very Moriarty-ish and she's very flamboyant. Oh, wait. What if... What if nothing has fit the the drug dealer's M.O., but she's obsessed with it? She's so obsessed, she's blinded to the fact that none of it's connecting. Like, the drug dealer was not 
flamboyant. He was not very presentational with the way he did things, but she's so blinded that she thought it was him the whole time. But then she comes out at the end and she is very flamboyant over the top and it's just like, yeah, I did it. I did it. Fuck you. You killed my mom, bitch. It's your fault. And no, I'm not going to kill you. I'm not I gonna just want you to live with that. I want you to live with all of this, and I want you to live with the fact that I di- you didn't kill him. I did. I'm the one who got revenge, not you. Oh, and also, I did shoot you in the leg. Bam! <laughs> Honestly, I kind of love this horror cop film. Yeah, it's just fucking... Like, I don't even want it I I I don't know if I want our 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 villain to get caught. Cuz yes, she's a villain, but like that's the thing about the prestige. The prestige. Well, that's the thing about some horror films. You know what? Sometimes the the scariest thing is if the bad guy gets away. Yeah. And like I love the idea that um so like um uh, the magician, she, she's she got some, like, identifying characteristics, even though under her mask we would recognize who she was. And then at the very end, we find out that she, like, works in records keeping or something. So she would have access to all the files. No, she works everywhere. She just works all the way throughout the department in different roles. She's a temp. She's a temp. <laughs> I and, and you see it by, like, the uh, the color of her nail polish. I would love this concept of the, uh, uh, of, I guess I do want to have the big parlor room moment where she explains how she did everything and how she got away with everything. Cause like, that's the most intriguing thing to me is like, we're not magicians, so we're not able to come up with the clever ways that she did the things that she did. But like, I love hearing that explained and I want that scene to happen. And you know what? That's the great thing about our podcast. We just say that it happens. It just happens. Like, if we were to ever make this movie, like any of the other movies, we would get a specialist. You'd get a specialist in. No, I would definitely call Andrew Maine by the fucking Jessica Blackwood novels, because they're basically what we just did, but fucking better. Well, now he's not going to come. He's not going to come with us. Um, What would it... I'm trying to figure out, like, the button. The button we ended on. I think... I think that the button has got to be, like, you see our cop, our main character, just completely destroyed after that interaction. And... (sighs) I thought of how I want to end it. Okay. And it's the darkest shit of all time. Good. The drug dealer gets shot in the kidneys. Same place that her mom got shot. Okay. Her mom survived for five minutes. Her mom was alive for five minutes. And basically at the end, after learning like, oh no, my bloodthirstiness has caused so much pain and so much suffering, I needed to care about people before I cared about justice for lack of a better term our main villain basically says i'm about to run out that door he's gonna die in five minutes you got two choices and then runs you got two choices of what you can (laughs) do do. uh but yeah she basically literally forces cop lady Mm -hmm. forces her to save her mortal enemy to show that she's like now cares about humanity like this whole thing that's the primer is like a cop caring too much about justice and not enough about the humans they're protecting and so like that's the ultimate test at the end is are you still gonna care about justice are you gonna care about humanity are you gonna swear to protect are you gonna swear to fight what you gonna do and so once again Fucking Jordan Peele's directing this, by the way. Once again, we get the same exact shot from the beginning of the film, which is a close-up on her face, looking at the cop, or looking at the drug dealer, looking at her leave throughout the door, 
and then just staring forward and we see like i want it to be that get out shit i want it to be that get out like single tier shit god and we even found a way to fucking moralize i'm down with it (laughs) yeah motherfucker uh all right we did it fuck we it ma- we made that and you know what like that was the real prestige all along. we started from one word and we managed to make an hour-long pitch did we really go that uh, fuck a part of me was hoping we'd go an hour 30 so i could cut some of that magician talk up top but i guess we're not i guess we can't you could probably cut about 10 minutes of it because we've been going for about an hour to okay okay Oh, oh fuck. Dude. What was awesome this week, Blake? Dragons. Knives fucking out, baby. Knives out. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, also, what was not awesome is my hairline. You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Video on YouTube. And you can find me here on the VS Podcast Network because this is the only place that I will remain marketable for the foreseeable future. And you could find me running my hands through this glorious hair on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That is S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And check out my brand new podcast. Yes, I know I just had another brand new podcast called Sammy Magic, but now I got a brand new new podcast called Fun Fiction. If you've been around a while, you know Fun Fiction was one of my old shows, but I brought it back with a fantastic Megan Danger, our first episode is going to be all on My Immortal, the worst fan fiction of all time, and how we fixed it. So you can find that and all the other BS Network programs online at a load of pure BS.com. Special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, Ric Flair, from their album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. I was almost distracted from the thing. Uh Good work, buddy. And you can, of course, support us on Patreon.com slash BS. Get access to exclusive content like me and Blake watching fucking Money Plane, baby. Money Plane. Money the greatest Plane. Money Plane. The greatest movie of all time. You need to check it out with us at patreon.com slash a load of bs or of course pick up that merch at merch.loadofpurebs.com we got a brand new one the birmingham boys shirt every single purchase goes to local bail funds in birmingham alabama and it would mean the world to us if you guys would donate and as always you can find both of us on twitter at a load of pure bs except no substitutes and we will see you next week